0: Well, good morning. Uh, My name is John. I'm the lead pastor and so glad you're able to join us today. Uh, so, as some of you may know, my favorite sport is IndyCar racing. Uh, and in my personal opinion, the greatest race car driver that has ever lived is a guy named Mario Andretti. And uh, I have spent an, an embarrassing amount of time in my life watching Mario, uh, his son Michael, and now his grandson Marco drive really, really fast in circles. Uh, I have watched movies about Mario Andretti. I've read books about Mario Andretti. Uh, I follow Mario Andretti on Twitter. Uh, And actually, a couple years ago, I got to meet Mario Andretti. Uh, I was at the Indianapolis 500, and uh, before the race, uh, I snuck onto uh, the grid. And so, uh, on the front straightaway of the race, uh, before the race starts, they have all the cars out there, and there's like they let uh, crew members and celebrities and uh, media people and you know people that are credentialed and that are important walk around on the front straightaway. Uh, but I found a way to sneak onto the front straightaway, and I got to walk around for a little while. And as I was walking down pit lane, all these people around, walking towards me was Mario Andretti. And so uh, I stopped him, and I said hi, and introduced myself, and I took this picture uh, uh, with him. So that's me and uh, Mario Andretti. Uh, Pretty cool. Uh, But, for all the time that I've spent watching Mario Andretti, for all the things that I've learned about Mario Andretti, I, of course... Really don't know Mario. Uh, I mean, I know his TV persona. You know, I know what you know what he talks about in books. But I mean, what he's really like in real life, and person, I, I have no idea. And of course, it, he doesn't know me. Uh, He doesn't, you know, know who I am, you know, he doesn't know that, you know, I'm a fan. If you put my face in a lineup, you know, there's no way he would remember, oh yeah, I think that's the guy who snuck onto the grid a couple years ago and I took a picture with. I'm sure he likes the idea that there's people in general that root for him, but whether I am actually rooting for him and his family on any given day really doesn't make any difference to him at all. He's just like in a different level. So you could imagine what would happen. This is my street Uh, i'm right in front of my house on my sidewalk and there's two houses right now that are for sale on my street so can you imagine what would happen if i found out that you're never going to believe who just bought one of these houses it's mario stinking andretti mario bought one of these houses and it's not even just like he bought it as like an investment opportunity which would be kind of far-fetched anyways but like he is like He's going to be moving in. Like this is going to become his like new primary house. And like all winter long, like when you're out shoveling snow, Mario's going to be out shoveling snow. Next summer when you're out mowing your yard, Mario's going to be out mar- uh, mowing his yard. If you stop at Steward's, you might see uh, Mario getting coffee. If you're a good price Chopper, walking on the aisle, you know, buying his cereal and milk, will be Mario. Mario is going to be like moving into the neighborhood. He's going to be a member of the Albany community. And you would ask the question, why? Why in the world would Mario do that? Uh, Mario's main residence right now is in Nazareth, Pennsylvania, and I saw a video about uh, his house, and he was given a tour of his wine cellar, and his wine cellar looked to be bigger than any house on our entire block. Uh, Speaking of wine, He also owns a vineyard out in Napa Valley, and he owns a home there where he spends time, you know, from time to time. Uh, He also has a vacation house in Italy, and so why would he give up his house, you know, with the huge wine cellar in Nazareth, Pennsylvania, his house in Napa Valley, his home in Italy, you know? Why would he give up living in any of those so that he could come live in this normal neighborhood in Albany? And what if you found out that the reason, actually, was me. Uh, he somehow found out about me, and, and he knew that you know I, I really you know appreciated him and been learning about him. But like he knew that like there was no way that I could really ever learn. I could never really have like a real relationship with him just by following him on Twitter, just by watching TV. That like really the only way for me to really get to know him was for him to like come and be a part of my life. And not only that, he's actually been like trolling me. Who knew? You know, he's been, you know, stalking my Facebook account. He's been tuning into church online and listening to my sermons. Uh, But he knows he can't really get to know me unless, like, we become, like, neighbors. Like, we need to start, like, walking our dogs together. Uh, We need to start, like, doing regular dinner together. Uh, We need to just become a part of our lives. I mean, if he needs to borrow, you know, a truck, you know, he can borrow my truck. You know, if I need to borrow a Ferrari, maybe I could borrow his Ferrari. We just need to become a part of each other's life. I think you get the point. And I, as you're hearing that, you're thinking, "All right, John, there is no way. Like, there's no way that would ever happen. That is so far-fetched. Why would Mario Andretti ever move into your neighborhood?" But at Christmas every year, we celebrate something that is way bigger, maybe way more far-fetched, way harder to believe. Uh, we celebrate the idea that the God who created the entire universe came down from heaven, gave up all of His glory, and literally moved into the neighborhood. Uh, Over this Christmas season, we are looking at uh, one of maybe the most famous texts in all of the Bible, John 3.16, that God so loved the world that He gave His Son. Uh, Last week, we talked about the idea of who who is God? Well, What is God like? Because we all have these different views of what God is like. Some people view God as distant. Some people view God as angry. Uh, Some people uh, view God as irrelevant. And we said that what John 3.16 says is that here's who God is, is God loves the world. And this week, how much does God love the world? He loves the world enough that He gave His Son In John chapter one, it said that here's who God is, is that God became flesh and blood and he literally moved into the neighborhood. Uh, That the beginning of Matthew, as uh, the angel is telling Joseph about who the son of his is gonna be, he says that he is gonna be Emmanuel, which means that God is going to be with us. That God wants to move in. That God wants to have a relationship. That God doesn't want to be just something that, you know, you you see on Sunday mornings and you learn about and that you sing songs to every once in a while. But God wants to be a part of every normal part of your life. A couple uh, months ago, uh, the community group that I'm a part of, we were going through a study talking about this idea that God wants to be a part of every part of our life. Uh, and so, for one of our lessons, it gave us this application point that we should put a, a timer in our phone, uh, and every day that timer would go off, and it would just be like a little reminder that, like, when that timer went off, that God is with you right now in that moment. And I've been doing this for months now, and it's been so interesting. You know, so I'm driving in my truck, and you know, and all of a sudden, you know, my timer goes off, and it's just a reminder that, like, right there in that moment, God is with me in that truck because he loves me because he wants to get to know me that I'm uh, at the grocery store and I'm shopping and I'm busy you know and I got all these things to do and I got my to-do list and I'm stressed and brrr, you know my little timer goes off and it's like oh yeah right now in this moment God is with me uh, that you know I'm spending time with my kids and you know maybe it's a good time with my kids or maybe I'm getting frustrated with my kids uh, but all of a sudden brrr, my timer goes off and it reminds me that right now in that moment God is with me because He wants to have a relationship with me. Uh, Now this isn't a new idea, the idea that God wants to be with us. Uh, It's not even a new idea with Jesus. This is who God has always been. It's an idea that just got way more energy and way more application in the idea of Jesus. Uh, And Today uh, I want to look at a, a quick story. Uh, so the Bible is made up of two halves. Uh, we call it the, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so uh, uh, the New Testament is the part of the Bible that uh, tells the story of Jesus and what Jesus did on earth and happened about 2000 years ago at the beginning of the early church. And the Old Testament is what happened before Jesus. And so uh, the building of the nation of Israel uh, tells stories about guys like Moses and David and Esther and Ruth and Joshua and Abraham. And today we wanna to look at a story of a guy named Jacob. Uh, and Jacob, uh, we know about because he had a, a very famous grandfather. His grandpa was named Abraham, I've heard of Abraham before. His dad was a guy named Isaac, uh, and then Jacob was kind of the next in line of these like early Jewish patriarchs, uh, and, and an important backdrop for what you need to know about Jacob. And sometimes we read the Bible and we can have this idea that uh, the people in the Bible must have been these like very special, very spiritual, holy people. Uh, But Jacob, when you read about him, I mean, he is a huge jerk. I mean, he is a slime ball. Uh, I I don't think, if any of us knew Jacob, I don't think any of us would want to be friends with him. Uh, He's a guy that, as you read these stories, you in the most spiritual way possible. You just kind of want to keep punching them in the face. Like he is just like such a jerk and you can read stories about him uh, in the first book of the Bible uh, of Genesis. Uh, but where we find him today, uh, we're in Genesis chapter 28 and Jacob is on the run for his life. Uh, his brother is trying to find him and chase him and his brother is trying to kill him. And the reason his brother is so mad at him is because Jacob has just pulled off this scheme where he tricked his dad into blessing him, Jacob, instead of his brother even So he's stolen his brother Esau's blessing. This is the second time he's done this to Esau. He has also stolen Esau's uh, inheritance. And so he's just on the run. His brother's very mad at him. He's been scheming and just he's this huge slime ball. And here's where we find him in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 28. It says, Jacob uh, left Beersheba where he lived and he set out for Haram. And when he reached a certain place, uh, we're going to come back to that. That's important. Uh, and, and a certain place doesn't mean like, you know, a, a specific place that anyone knew about before. Uh, a certain place means that he's like, he's in the middle of these two places. Uh, he's actually kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, he's kind of this random place. So he stopped for the night because the sun had set, and taking one of the stones, he put it under his head and he lay down to sleep. And he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Uh, now, there's two uh, big pictures in this kind of encounter of Jacob. Uh, the first is that he's in the middle of nowhere. He's in the middle of these like two spots, and he's in this like random place. And in this random place, he all of a sudden meets. God. And this would have been a very new idea to the people 4,000 years ago. This would have been a very new idea in the history of the world, a very new idea about any kind of what God or gods was like. Because the normal idea was that gods were in a very specific place. Uh, Gods were, you know, often very regional, you know, so here's the Egyptian God, you know, and here's the God of this tribe over here. And then on top of that, God's often lived, you know, God was up on this mountain somewhere, or God lived in this tent somewhere, or he was in this temple somewhere, and gods were always somewhere where you had to go if you wanted to meet them. But now all of a sudden, for the first time ever, here's this God that is not bound by region, is not bound by a certain location, and he can now meet God, and God has now come to this random place. God can show up anywhere and this is still kind of an idea that we often have uh, in our world is that God is more in a certain place than in another place. Uh, When I was a kid, when we would go to church. We would have to like have certain behaviors when we were in the church building, you know? So we, we often wore clothes that we wouldn't wear anywhere else. Uh, we would, you know, uh, we, we couldn't r- run in church. That was always a big deal. You know, if kids were in church, don't run. You know, or you're in church. Uh, if you were to say a certain word, especially like a curse word, or if you so- told a certain kind of joke, uh, the idea was you can't say that kind of thing because you're in church. And the idea was that somehow this place is more spiritual than another place. Because, I mean, later on, if you're in the parking lot or if we're, you know, someone's backyard later on, uh, you can really, you can run, you can dress however you want, you can really talk however you want, because this place over here is really spiritual. This is where God is, but this place over here, not as much. But now all of a sudden, God can show up anywhere. Uh, The second picture is that he's climbing a ladder. Uh, you are wondering when I was going to talk about that. And, and that's not an unusual picture. A uh, normal idea, the idea of any kind of God or religion, is that God is up and that our goal is that we want to try to climb the rungs to try to get up to where God is. And if we can somehow like do enough good things, if we can put enough good practices in, if we can be a part of the right rituals, then somehow we can like you know achieve enlightenment. You know, we can you know earn nirvana. Uh, we can somehow get up to where God is, and we can make sure that God is happy with us. But on this ladder, angels are coming up, and they are coming down. This is a ladder that goes both. Ways and on this ladder, God has the ability to come from where He is, high up on the rungs, and He can come down to where you're at. And again, this is a normal thought in our lives. Uh, the normal thinking is like, yeah, if I wanted to build a relationship with Mario Andretti. It's probably possible, but I would have to find a way to get up to where he's at. I mean, if I was to somehow become uber wealthy, then like maybe I could start running in the circles that he runs in, you know? If I was to become like a wine aficionado, you know? If I was to become a famous race car driver in my own right, then maybe somehow like I would earn the ability to have a relationship with him. That makes a lot more sense. But the idea that he would actually come and like, live in my neighborhood and like live in the kind of house that I live in and shop in the kind of stores that I would that he would come down to my level would be a very new and unique idea. But this is exactly what God does. Uh, And here's what uh, Jacob says. He says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought surely the Lord was in this place and I was not aware of it. Who knew? that God could show up in a place like this too. And maybe some of you have had some like moments like that where you realized that God could show up in a location that you never thought that God could show up in. Uh, some of you, if you've been around for a little while, you knew that uh, a year ago at this time, uh, we were meeting weekly, and we were meeting at the Albany Elks Lodge. And maybe some of you uh, had moments where you were in the Albany Elks Lodge and maybe during a song or a sermon or a prayer, all of a sudden you felt the presence of God and you're like, holy cow, God can show up in the middle of an Elks Lodge, Uh, who knew? Uh, Or maybe you're part of a community group and maybe you are in someone's living room at some point or maybe you're at a restaurant or a bar at some point with one of our community groups or uh, now with COVID, maybe you've been meeting on Zoom And in the midst of one of those meetings, maybe during a discussion, during a prayer, somehow you just felt the presence of God. And you're like, holy cow, God can show up in the middle of a living room. God can show up in the middle of a restaurant or a bar. God can show up in my computer uh, over Zoom. Uh, Or maybe you even have some very special places. Uh, Maybe you're at a wedding uh, or even a funeral. Uh, maybe you're on a hike or a run and you have certain moments in your life where you can look back and say in that moment in that place i felt the presence of god and that's what happened to jacob that day is he realized that he could feel god in this very unique new location but jacob didn't get the whole picture because then jacob left that place Uh, here's what he said he said he was afraid and said how awesome is this place this is none other than a house of god this is the gate of heaven and then he left and his thought was that like god was in that place but now i'm going to a new place and who knows if god will be there or not and then a couple thousand years passed and in a little town of bethlehem jesus god came to earth and moved into the neighborhood, and he was gonna bring this idea of God with us to a whole new level. Because Jesus, as God, was gonna go to people who are considered to be incredibly Uh, disreputable—prostitutes and tax collectors and thieves and liars—and Jesus, God, was gonna move in and be with them. Uh, God was going to cross racial, racial and social borders. He was going to go into Samaria, and he was going to spend time with women and slaves, and he was going to spend time with people that normal people thought God wouldn't ever be in a place like that, but that was exactly where God was. In Jesus, we see that God with us, that God would go anywhere that God would go to any community. He he wants to do whatever he can. He will go as far down the ladder as he needs to. And the reason is because he wants to build a relationship with you and he wants to build a relationship with me. But it wasn't easy and it came at a huge cost. It would be a little bit of a cost for Mario Andretti to move into my neighborhood and to give up all those amazing houses to live in a a normal house in my neighborhood. But for Jesus, to give up the splendor of heaven, here's how the Apostle Paul says it. He says, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He came all the way down into our lives, into our neighborhood, and sacrificed everything, even his own life, so that he could have a relationship with you. And we remember that when we take Uh, communion each week. Uh, So let's take the bread together. Let's take the juice. And before I pray, this idea that God came down to live with us, not only something that we should be in awe of, although I think we should, it's not something that we should just be like in worship of, although we definitely should. It's not something that we should just even celebrate at uh, Christmas, and we definitely should. But it also presents a choice to us, because I mean, again, can you imagine if Mario moved into our neighborhood? I would have a choice of well, what am I going to do with that? I mean, I might say, yeah, that's awesome that he lives here now, but like, I'm pretty busy. I got a lot of stuff, you know. I, I got my job. I already got friends. Like, you mean, know, yeah. It, it, Do I really have time in my schedule to now, like, to spend time with this new neighbor and to do all the things that it's really going to take to build a relationship with him? And let me tell you, if Mario moved in my neighborhood, I would make the time. I would be canceling other reservations. I would be freeing up time in my schedule. I would make time because I would want to build a relationship with him. And if this God has moved into our world, he has done it because he wants to build a relationship. But he's not gonna force himself on you. And he's gonna give you the option of you can move and create that relationship with him, you can make time in your schedule, you can enter into those practices, or you can choose not to. And I hope that this Christmas season, you make time to do exactly that. Uh, Would you pray with me? Uh, Jesus, thank you so much for coming down that build a relationship with us. Help us to build that relationship with you. It's your name we pray, amen. Thanks guys, see you next week.
1: Thanks for joining us for church today. We are so glad that you came. We hope you found it helpful to join in on the chat, uh, focus on God and spend time learning together. We believe that church is not just a building and it's certainly not just a Sunday thing. We wanna become more like Jesus every day. And there are a couple things that we can do to help us grow in that journey with Jesus. One being our next steps email. If you are already on our email list, you'll be receiving that shortly. If not, um, it will be posted on the Facebook page in just a little bit. This email has steps um, for questions to ask yourself and others as well as prayers to pray throughout the week and activities. Um, It's a great tool to continue that journey of what we've already been talking about this week. Another thing that you can do, our leaders would love to know how we can help you take whatever next step you're ready for. Um, you can fill out the connect card, which is at the top of the screen at any time and let us know any questions, prayer requests, anything we can help you with. We would love to um, come alongside you in that. Um, also, like I said, church is not just a building. It's a community of people and we wanna be here for each other. So if anything come up comes up in your week, please, Let us know, do not hesitate to connect with us. We would love to hear from you, pray with you and help in whatever way we can. So we hope to see you next week. Join us at 10.30 for our service. Um, If you wanna get on a little bit earlier at 10.10, we'll have a chat going with some fun questions to get to know each other and we hope to see you there. Have a great week.